AEW Dynamite in the books, the go home show for full gear. This is Tough Ring with Nick and Tony. Tony, what's going on? Yo, what's going on, Nick? Now we have a little connection issue there. That's all good. I have a weird, um, I'm up in the orbiting Spear of Doom today, and uh, my, my reception sometimes isn't that good with NASA trying to jam my signal up. Damn globalists. <laughs> but we are here. Um, Another episode of Dynamite uh, last night. We're a little bit late. I, I was working last night, so I uh, we couldn't do the podcast last night. So here we are the, the morning after, and um, that's it. That's the last stop. We got this Saturday. We got full gear. Yeah, it should be an awesome, awesome pay-per-view. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We got a lot of grudge matches, a couple of blood feuds. So, yeah, I mean, Saturday is going to be a good time. And this was a, a decent go-home show. I... You know, it's because the way they do things, like it seems like kind of like most of the ones, the matches have already been, had the buildup they really need. And then it was kind of like, well, let's, let's get a couple more matches in here and kind of do some buildup for, you know, some of these last minute matches we added. So it was kind of weird. Um, it was still a really good go home show, but it was just, uh, just kind of weird because I felt like some of them were really ready to go last week. And then we had a couple of little storylines pushed in, like given pushed over that extra notch this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like last week should have gone this week and this week should have gone last week. But still, I mean, still a decent show all around. There wasn't anything with this show that I really had any huge issues with. I mean, the main event didn't really grab me too much. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but, you know, but other than that, I think everything else was pretty solid here. So let's get into this. Yep, sure. Uh, so right off the bat, uh, we get uh, pretty much early on. Now we get a Jericho promo before commentary where he essentially, uh, you know, uh, essentially is calling calling out, you know, MJF and MJF and Wardlow end up showing up and Jericho is pretty much to the effect of, listen, I don't think you have what it takes to join the inner circle. I don't think you have the killer instinct. And uh, MJF says, just wait, just watch. Uh, and then Jericho comes out and joins the commentary team. So we start off the night with Jericho, JR, Tony, and Excalibur on commentary. I like how it was all backstage before the, the show started. Like Jericho's sitting there talking to him as he's getting ready to go out on, a, on the commentary. Yep. The only commentator that has ring music that the crowd sings to. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't hear JR, they don't sing JR's music or Tony Schiavone's music. Yeah, no, it's all awesome. uh, good to hear the crowd again, too, as well. And he's just so brutal on Skiavone. I love it. I love just the attacks on Skiavone all night. Oh, yeah. He caught him sleeping like the first 30 seconds. He's like, come on, Skiavone. Wake up. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, this feud, <laughs> we're ready for it. We didn't need a whole lot more. But, okay, this was a good little – just everything they did with this was uh, just a good little just notch over the edge to where now we're going to be really – I really can't wait for uh, this match. 
And I don't understand why Jericho, like, tough. It doesn't matter if MJF is tough or not. He does come with Wardlow. Like, that's a big plus that I think they need to factor in here is that you also get Wardlow with MJF. Yeah, exactly. You get a smart ass and an enforcer for the price of one. So we got to see both of them in action. It was against Ortiz and Santana. Yep, yep. So, yeah, that, that pro. Or not, no, sorry. Sammy and Ortiz. Santana is too ambivalent. He just doesn't give a shit. So he's just kind of sitting out. Yep. So we got the first match of the night, MJF and Wardlow versus Sammy and Ortiz. And I thought it was a good match. I liked it a lot. I thought both teams brought a lot of intensity and it's a good way to start off the show. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. I thought especially when MJF and Sammy got in the ring together, I like that whole dynamic, the little spot where he pokes him in the eye and all that. And just and MJF showing that he can kind of go with Sammy when Sammy starts going really fast. But then he'll bring it down. He'll use his smarts to bring it down. And that's what Sammy doesn't have at this point. Sammy's still a young dog that's like, you know, a little puppy trying to do everything. Where MJF is at the point where at least he's smart enough to know what to do and what not to do at different times yeah no absolutely absolutely i agree um and, and wardlow started off the match just coming in like a complete beast and monster and kind of held stuff down for a good portion of it but then sammy comes in with a hot tag uh sammy uh ends up uh doing some crazy a crazy tope you know to the outside to kind of bring the momentum up but then you know great intensity from both and then the exchange between sammy and mjf they're just trading off just teeing off on each other trading kicks trading uh punches and everything else was fantastic i thought it thought it was good and i thought it did what it needed to do it showed that either way when the, they do join the inner circle it's going to be a really tough team uh to deal with for a lot of these other factions. Yeah, absolutely. Plus it's nice to see the unity of the inner circle. Everybody's on the same kind of page now. And now that everybody's back, you know, uh, from vacation or just being stuck or stranded, you start to, I'm starting to see a cohesiveness with the inner circle that I haven't seen before. And we'll also see that I love how the storylines are all blending in. You obviously have stuff later on in this evening between Sammy and Matt Hardy. Yep. Um, that kind of like ties in with their, you know, the match they're building here with. It. It's just, I, and people have mentioned that, like the way all their storylines are weaving in and out, and just the intricacy of how they put their storylines together. And you know, I was explaining to a friend of mine like how they break away from that three month feud where everything revolves. You know, when you you start a program with somebody, it's a three month feud. They've totally broken that mold. You know, it will be a one year. It will be. It's a never ending feud. There's just different chapters here and there, speckled with different people. Everyone's relationships with the other rest of the locker room matters, and every interaction they have affects those relationships. Except maybe sometimes on BTE, where you know, yeah. you may see guys that may not, or Sammy's vlog. You may see guys getting along that maybe wouldn't get along on screen. You know, like a little bit of that broken. But other than that, but on the on dynamite, you don't get that. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the like the long term storytelling and the three dimensional storylines. Uh, it's just good stuff because it's like it's uh, you know, with this whole like Sammy's thing isn't all around MJF. That's just a side thing. Sammy's got some, like his hands full with Matt Hardy, but he's still because he's a dick. He's in the inner circle because of his relationship with Jericho and how uh. What you know, MJF's trying to get. They don't ignore that. They don't ignore that fact that MJF's trying to endear himself to Jericho. Why wouldn't Jericho's sidekick, his Padawan, his mentee, be jealous too? And even though he's got more important shit going on with his own thing, he's still 
taking the time to be like, no, fuck you, Max. And we know why he hates Max is because their interactions on BTE and Sammy's vlog, where Max has always been a condescending dick to him, and they carried that through with the jacket stuff. So it's just, and you don't need to know that, but if you know that, it adds to it. It's just so fucking awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was great. And then uh, uh, MJF ends up eking out the win here on, on this first match. Uh, but like I said, it was good, man. It was it was everything it needed to be. It didn't Hardy Hardy got involved in the end. I missed the very ending of this. I you know being at work here sometimes uh I have to work. <laughs> I missed the ending of that. Didn't Hardy get involved? Oh well, yeah. So what Matt Hardy ends up coming out. Uh well actually no, I think Hardy came out later on for the, it was later on at the private party match. Oh, okay, after, okay. After okay. this match, so after this match concludes, uh, MJF ends up, you know, walking up the ramp and goes over to the commentary table and spears fucking Jericho out of his commentary chair through the background of commentary to pretty much prove his killer killer instinct to Jericho. And Jericho, after he, you know, comes up from the wreckage, just has a shit-eating grin on his face. So I think MJF might have endeared himself here. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what Jericho would want, yep. you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then after we get that match, it cuts over to a Kenny Omega interview, and he's essentially being you know interviewed about the uh, eight man championship tournament and him going off uh, and facing Adam Page. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of you know, and this alludes a little bit to we get a little bit more of this tonight. Uh, this story just with these guys, like I said, it's not cut and dry, or it's not all. Oh, they had a falling out months ago and now they're all enemies and there's just more to the layers. They're human beings are acting in a more natural way. They may have issues with each other, but doesn't mean they completely hate each other. Um, just really good stuff. And can it, can he finally get a chance to show that he, uh, you know, is going to be one of the top guys is if this is his, fun, it, it's his oh, yeah, time. Absolutely. Uh, and then, and then actually he, the longer the part of that promo is pretty much he's destined to win the championship pretty much. So uh, going from that promo, we go get into our second match of the night, which is a. And he also said that if he doesn't win the championship, he will never compete for it ever again. Yeah. Oh, that's a lie. But I figured out he might, he might though still being a member of the elite. That seems to be their thing. Like they, if they fail, they give up yeah. forever. But I hope- like, Wiley I Coyote. Keep reusing that because that's by the third time they're they're done with their their chance of using that before. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I hope they. I don't. I don't think they're gonna do that. Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, then we get our, our another grudge match essentially for tonight, which is uh, Trent versus Miro. Which I uh, thought again, another good match, another solid, you know, pre-paced match. It, Miro looked like a beast throughout most of this. Yeah, Miro's just a, a monster. He's like goofy outside of the ring, but when he gets in the ring, you really buy the fact that he's just a mean bastard. Um, I'm trying to think there was – so the best – yeah, I mean, just seeing him and Trent, they're just – you know, and I liked all the stuff at the beginning about, like, the New Japan stuff and them talking about how, you know, he was uh, – Trent kind of helped train Miro and he was a young boy in Japan and stuff like that. And it just speaks to, like, how much – how long Trent's been around, how much veteran Trent is. And uh, this seemed very rough and violent. Like, it wasn't the most smooth Trent match ever, but that's awesome. It was just like, it actually seemed like there were some stakes. Like, Miro really didn't want to put a beating on Trent and, like, embarrass him. You yep, know? no, absolutely. And then, well, and that, and then you had a lot of, you know, participation from other people not in the match, too. You had Chucky e. T beat up Kip at one point, Penelope smacks. 
uh, Orange Cassidy, I think when they cut to a picture in picture and then John Silver ends up coming out, you know, amongst the crew to, to kind of break things up. So, yeah, really interesting. And throwing Silver in there, I, he's he's they kind of peppered him all throughout the night. So it's good to see him make an appearance. Well, that's what they did kind of tonight. Like, okay, it was Sammy and Matt. They did that. Uh, well, they've been kind of like with Darby. I don't know if they peppered him in, but like with this feud, they've been kind of like with the Cody match. It hasn't been like an all on sell, like Eddie Kingston, Moxley kind of thing. It's been little bits here and there. And with Silver, they did that too. Like, just to not have to take over the fit in elements to where they can build up this Orange Cassidy Silver match because it was just thrown together. But okay, they're at least doing something here to give us a little bit behind it. And I loved all the action. I'm actually really looking forward to Silver and Orange Cassidy. It's probably one of the matches on the card I'm looking forward to most, as opposed to that, you know, the, for a while, I really haven't been digging the Orange Cassidy matches because it's not in his wheelhouse. This is, yes, I want to see this match. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. And this. Tonight I, helped I, it a I lot. Agree. Yeah, no, I mean, I had no interest in, I mean, I had little interest in, in Orange Cassidy versus Silver, but then once seeing it tonight, that that just opted. it. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I can't wait to see what happens. I love Silver. It's just like you, I've been kind of, you know, cool on Orange Cassidy the past couple of weeks. And I think the booking with him and Silver, uh, to your point, is is a perfect match for him and should be should be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, but I did like in this match how, you know, Miro started off first, but then they did give Trent some offense. And then Miro ultimately shuts shit down, gets Trent in the game over, and Miro ends up winning the match. So I, I thought it was a cool ending. I love when he basically just scared the whole Dark Order away. He came out and was like, get the fuck out of here. And yep. they all took off. Yeah, Miro looks really bad. I don't think he's had that great definitive performance yet, although this was really good. He's still – if you watch Botchamania this week, there's a – it shows that match last week where he gets – tries to get the, the accolade or game over on, and he, like, misses whoever – I forget who it was against, but, like, he snaps it on, but the yep. guy's head isn't even in it. So, <laughs> so it was good. To, yeah, this is a good final match, but I think he's done everything he's needed to do as far as portraying himself the way he should be portrayed is great. I think maybe Tony and company need to give him something a little bit more serious after this silly feud's done. But it's okay. It's a silly feud with Kim Sabian and the and the and the best friends. But I do like how the Dark Order and Orange Cassidy and all that were weaved into this whole thing. It's just AEW has a vivid locker room, or uh, it's it's all flowing together. The locker room, everything is just you know, it's it not everything. It's not all separate. Like it's just really good. Yeah, absolutely. More uh, more homogenized than like WWE, where everybody's just in their own like stupid silos or whatever, and it makes no sense. And all the interactions make sense too in AEW, which is nice to see too. The world, the universe is kind of getting built up around every everybody and everything, especially with all these little micro interactions you see on BTE and Dark and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. It's it's been good stuff. And, and then next we uh, get the follow up to our Kenny Omega interview earlier with Hangman Adam Page being interviewed by Jr. And of course, Hangman has a drink in hand ready to go. Yeah, that's some pretty dark bourbon there, but okay. <laughs> it looks like cracking rum. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, he's uh, and I like Jr. Giving him <laughs> like <laughs> it's kind of getting old with everybody, like with the drinking now, and you kind of see just the annoy the annoyance. Like, dude, you could be. This is what's holding you back, and you're just not having any control over it. Like, well, it's his emotions that are holding. Yeah, and I like, back, but uh, but yeah, really good stuff though. I mean, it's it's Paige. It makes you you. You at the same you want to like shake your head at him, but you feel bad for him and you want him to overcome this situation and be the one that shines yeah, at the end of the day. Yep. 
grief fully. And I also like how JR calls him out on the drinking point blank. He's like, all right, only person, I, the only people I know who drink are people who are nervous. So you got to be nervous about this match. And, and Paige is like, yeah, I am nervous about this match. You know, yeah, of course, you know, so it's, you get more of that emotional side and uh, that more human side of Paige, which is always nice to see. But I thought it was a good counter to the Kenny Omega interview. Yeah. Yep. I mean, here we go. We're ready for this now. Um, it's just putting the cap on these feuds. Yep, speaking for, of another cap on another feud, we end up getting a vignette right after that about the Bucks and FTR, uh, you know, about their match at Full Gear. And, you know, kind of they have the way the video goes is you kind of have every superstar involved in the feud kind of talking about how they feel the match is going to go. You have FTR and Tully and Arn and the Bucks. And I, I, I thought it was all pretty good, actually. I liked it. Yeah, you know, they've been like saying, like, well, we don't like the build. There are people bitching about the build for this match. I think we're still in the build. I think even Full Gear is still going to be in the build for this feud. I, I think we're at the very beginning of it just because they've been talking about it for a few years. I think it's going to be a slow burn. Um, I think everything that, that the FTR is saying is complete work right now, uh, like on interviews and shit like that with uh, not being happy. I wrestle talk love. I don't know what their obsession with this story is, but um, yeah, I think like this match, I don't think we're going to see that a definitive uh, – finish in this match so i wouldn't expect the the epic match between the bucks and ftr that most people are expecting right now i think next paper uh, whatever it is is it going to be revolution i think you might get it there i think it'd be dumb for them to do it already and i think they already showed that by building up uh yep. is it matt yeah matt's injury that looks in pretty bad shape for next for next or for saturday yeah absolutely i, I agree 100 percent. and i'm glad that they did this stuff with matt but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later We'll get there. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, sorry. I didn't, you know, watch. I kind of watched. I only saw bits and parts, so I'm kind of, like, fragmented about the order of the show. Oh, no, so I'm sorry if I skip uh, around here a little bit. Just you just bring me back, Tony, all right? You just you just pull me right back, and let's get it back on track. Don't nah, let me get After we get thing. that vignette about FTR and the Bucks at full gear, Taz ends up coming out. Uh, of course, you know, gives uh, Will Hobbs a warning. Like, hey, I'm still waiting for your answer. I'm still growing impatient. But he says. They beat the shit out of him on Tuesday. I don't like. I don't know that there's anything. And he stood him off with Darby. I don't know what the fuck Taz is waiting for here. I think it's pretty clear. Give me both, okay. right? Uh, but then Taz isn't the brightest bulb in that. And then he ends up in, in, in the lamp. Up doing something. He sat outside at Tony Khan's office for three hours waiting to talk to him, only to get told by Tony Khan's assistant that Tony wasn't going to be able to meet. And then uh, Taz essentially just shoots off about the ranking system in AEW and you know how the hell can his guys be winning all the time and yet never get any good, you know, matches or title matches. Ricky Starks isn't even allowed to be ranked yet. So shooting off about that, but it was a good little promo with him. I think Starks got on the mic as well as cage. So again, more team Taz is always a good thing. I, I never have an, a problem with them. It was awesome. He's totally right. I'm glad they pointed it out. It shows that they, they at least know, They've gotten a little off track with that, and hopefully they rectify it. Taz's point is there's nothing better when a heel actually is right, and they're able to convey that in a way. Like, he's 100% right. There's nothing – like, he has a point. His guys have every reason to be as pissed, and I hope they wreak havoc at this uh, – at full gear coming up. And it sounds like they pretty much said they're going to. Uh, Ricky Starks just – 
the guy just he's been awesome and yep. he just gets better and better he is the he is awesome i mean like i said i i see him as the modern day rock he's not there yet but one day he probably will be i mean he's He's great. I mean, just in the way he moves, the way he speaks, the way he carries himself, he's a fucking superstar. I mean, straight up. But he cuts it sounding more personal and humane, whereas, like, The Rock, you know, is so, like, the shit he's stuck with was so over the top. And I think, I'm not saying he's going to be better than The Rock, but, like, that's one thing I really like about him, where you're never going to get that deep kind of promo, where you actually feel like you're hearing Dwayne Johnson talk. You're always getting it, which is amazing. That's what we want. Well, like Ricky Starks can be flashy at times, but there's also a little bit of meat and, and realism to his character too. The actual Ricky Starks or whatever his name is, he almost I, I think he said it on Sammy's podcast. Or I was watching a video with him and Sammy, and he said it. I, I can't remember. It's one of that's in there. Like his real name is either Ricky or his last or some. I think his real name is Ricky, but it's his last name. I, I could be gotcha, wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what I saw that on now. It was something with him and Sammy both. It's probably the. the I don't think it was Sammy's vlog. I think it was an old. It was like an interview they did or something. I don't know. It was weird. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, And then next, we get to what you alluded to earlier with Matt Hardy. We get the third match of the night, which is Private Party versus the Young Bucks. And in the Private Party's corner is Matt Hardy. However, before the match can even get underway, uh, Sammy Guevara comes out and then just clobbers the shit out of Matt Hardy and pretty much knocks him down and lays him flat on the ramp before the match even gets started. And he also takes out one of... Uh, well, I think he, I think he ends up hitting Isaiah Cassidy as well too, or or maybe it was Quent. One of the guys from Private Party was was beaten up, so there was a definite delayed start to this match. But once it got going, I thought this match was really good and just further proof that Matt Hardy is working with Private Party behind the scenes because they just keep looking better and better, especially Mark Quent. Yeah, I've been yeah, we've been saying that for a while. He's definitely good. Now I'm confused here. When did the Serpent Serpentico spot happen? That was the first match, wasn't it? I think Matt Hardy came out and attacked Sammy and caused him to lose the first match, right? And that's when Matt Hardy came. Matt Hardy came out at Serpentico, and this was the retaliation to that, right? Uh, right? If it did, I must have missed it as well myself too, because I didn't have that down for the match. For, for, for... I'm pretty okay. sure in the tag in the first thing, Matt Hardy came dressed as out dressed uh-huh. as Serpentico and attacked Sammy and caused him to lose that fall to MJF. And I think this is so we have this, like you say, with the peppering, oh. this is peppering in all night, too. It's showing that these feuds no longer can wait till Saturday, that they're getting out of control, that these guys are all going to kill each other and that you better tune in on Saturday because we can't contain this anymore. And that's how you do it without doing it in an awful WCW way or doing it in an awful WWE way where it's just ridiculous and contrived. Whereas every guy has to come out at the end and have a major brawl with each other. You know, if every feud comes out and brawls with each other, like in ECW style. They don't do that, and I, I thank God for that. I like how this, doing it with the peppering of the future, showing that it's out of control, but it's not all like, okay, let's wait till the end of the night and have everyone come out. Although they do do yeah, that from absolutely. time to time. Well, it makes it less predictable. There's a bit of that tonight, actually, but still. Plus, I like it. It's less predictable. I don't know where things are going to happen. You're not just, you know, the formatting of the segments are, are different enough to the point where I can't catch on to the pattern of what they're doing. It's not the same format every week, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. 
Uh, and then next in the match, we have the Bucks. You know, essentially, it's a good it's good back and forth. I mean, you know, uh, the private party gets offense early on in the match. Bucks get the offense later on in the match. Uh, and then they both do a BTE. They do a Matt wins with the BTE trigger, which is essentially like a double V trigger done by both of the Bucks. But then Matt gets the pin. Uh, and again, I, th- I thought it was a great match. And then after the match, FTR ends up jumping the Bucks from behind along with Tully. And I thought this was great shit. Yeah, FTR and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Young Bucks and uh, Private Party are developing a really good feud, um, a competitive feud where it's not based on them hitting yep. each other. It's based on their in-ring competition. And we see, you know, they got the, the Private Party got the big victory, you know, a year ago or whatever it was. Then, like, they kind of dipped and had to kind of get their shit back together. And now you see kind of the litmus test of where they're at now. Where like, yeah, they're okay. They're not going to pull off the shocking defeat of the Bucks. But they can almost legitimately come in the ballpark of beating them now. Like legitimately, like to something where they can duplicate yeah. on a regular basis, not just the flu. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's all Jeff, it's all Matt Hardy. You know, or well, it's them. It's them, but it's him Which helping them and them listening. listening. And it's showing. <laughs> oh, it yeah, shows, yeah. it shows. Mark Cohen will be a superstar. Isaiah too, he's just so much younger. Well, I, 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 Mark Quench definitely. I just, oh, agreed. Got and, and then moving on from from that match, we get I think which one of the best kind of promos or exchanges we got all night. And it was Tony Schiavone in the ring with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. And the stipulation of this, uh, I guess you know, I guess promo or kind of face off is that if either of the men start fighting in the match, then the full gear match between them, the I Quit match, is canceled. And luckily, nobody broke their word, so that we're definitely going to get a match at full gear. But I thought this was a great exchange, and they made it real personal. And I, I thought it was really cool. Even Moxley calling out Eddie Kingston's mom, which there's a mother like theme going throughout all, all of AEW. It's just a matter of time before Cody's mom gets on something. Yeah, yeah, like how you say on uh, the best promo of this of the night. Yeah, of course, Eddie Kingston and goddamn John Moxley. It's always gonna be. It's uh, these guys, man. I mean, shit. I like that. Yeah, the whole thing. And while like Moxley's talking to Kingston, Kingston's yep. got his back to him, just muttering to himself. <laughs> and then the yeah, like the the whole thing with the mothers. I think it's like it just shows that like a lot of these guys have long histories that they've like been on the road with each other. They stayed with each other. Like they've all been on the indie scene together and they know each other kind of in that deeper meaning. I think when you really want to hit hard, it it is seem kind of where you do do the mother reference stuff where you just had it earlier in the night, because I think Miro even referenced yep. Sue at one point earlier on that night, but um, it's still, it's awesome. It shot me Eddie King, but it all pays tribute to the, the point that Eddie made of that. He's given, thing in his life for pro wrestling that his mother and their grandchildren because he's decided instead of having a wife and a family i don't this is what i want to do but we're getting at the point where eddie's you know his wrestling career is almost over what does he have to show for it where is he at all that sacrifice what the fuck was it all for he's a fucking failure at the end of his at the end of his time desperately trying for that that last chance of vindication of validation and god damn it that is such a scary deep thought of what happens to a man when he's a man like eddie kingston when he's put on that level and somehow in order to do that he's got to make john moxley say i quit 
it's just so much drama, so much feeling, so much emotions. The stakes for Eddie Kingston are so high. With Moxley, maybe not so much, but he's a champ. He's holding up the title. They're bringing Eddie Kingston not showing up empty-handed. He's bringing everything there on his back and on his shoulders and all the weight with it. And it adds so much to this match to where I like Moxley. I was in Moxley's the guy who was going to win. He's a champion. He's to keep the belt around him. But God damn it, I, I want to see Eddie Kingston win this so, so badly. Oh, same here. Almost Absolutely. on like a Mick Foley level. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that this is a this is more of a because you know you have your blood feuds, and then to an extent this is, but this is really more of a personal kind of grudge stuff. And this is so rarely done right in wrestling that I think it's you know, I, I got to give it accolades. I think it's, it, they're doing it just right. It's well balanced enough. You know, it's not too hokey, not too personal, but it's it's enough where everybody gives a shit and it keeps you interested. And this honestly, I thought this was out of any of the matches that are going to happen at full gear. I thought this was one of the best lead-ins or best, you know, follow, you know, lead-ins to a pay-per-view or go home segments for a specific match all night. Yeah. This is a match that no one knew us we wanted. They sold it. The thing with a promo yep. where you're, why you do promos is to sell matches. And these guys 100% sold it with their promos over the last couple of weeks. They've basically taught a history lesson in promos. When you talk about the modern day promo and the, in big national companies and how you do it right, it's John Moxley and uh, and Eddie Kingston, especially Eddie Kingston. Um, but but listen, let's give John Moxley credit, man. In his title run, he's wrestled with the guys that can wrestle as good as they can. He's brawled with the guys that can brawl as good as he can. He's worked with the guys who can work as good as they can. He's talked with the guy, the best talkers as great as they can. There's no element in John Moxley's run so far that has not been completely excellent, superb in every way. And if you would have known that he was going to do this six years ago when he was talking to potted plants and TVs were blowing up in his face and bullshit like that. Uh, wow. I, I wish he, I hope he must have had some sort of vision because when you're going through all that shit in WWE, like, I wonder if he had a glimpse, like, just stick with it. You're eventually going to get to the point where you're going to be in a main event with fucking Eddie Kingston for the world title. And you guys are just going to be able to go so deep with where you take the promos and all of the storytelling on a level you don't even imagine you're going to be able to do it. And I like how, how big, like, how, you know, just much of a bastard Eddie Kingston's acting like. It's just, it's good shit. Speaking of, I did say... Did you say bastard? You say Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston yeah, like, acting like a bastard? Hmm. We might be, hmm, hmm. We might yeah, be getting more again. something a little bit more on that here in a minute. Huh? I was trying to. I think is that foreshadowing, Tony? You destroyed the illusion. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, fuck. I know. I'm really bad at. I step all over video, shit. I wasn't expecting. I didn't hear about this. But speaking of bastards, we get the bastard himself, Pack. Uh, d does a video vignette. Apparently, the pandemic hasn't has has been driving us crazy, but it's also been driving Pack crazy, even more so than normal. And uh, he's definitely going to be ready to come back soon. So I can't wait for him to get back in the mix. He was a mean, miserable bastard. Now he's a raving madman. Uh, I mean, I love it. I, there's a weird thing going on with Eddie's yep. stable is that they seem to be feuding with heels. Uh, like, obviously, there's a Nightmare Family thing that's going on, but on Dark, Lance Archer just basically came out and said, hey, Eddie, I'm going to kill all of you guys. I don't care who wins your match, your title match. I don't care about you and Moxley. When it's over, you're a dead man. I'm going to fucking murder all you fuckers. I don't care that we're both heels. 
you're fucking dead. So they, that's not a good thing. I wouldn't want that. And then you got he's talked shit about Pac. They played it. Pac's obviously heard it. Pac's not the kind of guy who's going to be talking shit out and like, oh, it's a misunderstanding, mate. We're all right. Like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be really interesting with this whole stable and what goes on. And they got this war with the Nightmare Family going on on top of it. I love it. It's Eddie Kingston's mouth runs his fucking mouth too much. And although it's a great for us as a wrestler, it's getting him into trouble now because <laughs> he's an asshole. Yeah, and I, I love the Archer off. and Jake promo. Oh, so oh, that stuff was great. I mean, Archer is such a great talker, and you can tell that Archer has learned the art of doing that very quiet, engaging, whisper type style promo that Jake does. You can see it. I mean, this night is when you were able to see it. And I love every time they let Archer talk because he's the more he talks, the more I like him. Yeah, I just I so I can't wait for that whole feud. Uh, I I think with Archer, what they should do with him actually is make him babyface. They already have a couple heels, like you got Brian Cage, you got um Brody Lee, wherever the fuck he's been. Like they've got some big monster heels that can kind of fill it. Miro, I think you know the idea that Miro's gonna be a bit babyface to me is just bunk. I, he's that that's a heel right there. So you can't have all these big monster heels. I think Lance Archer is one of those guys that's so cool that even though he's going to act bad, you're like going to get behind it because he's such a badass. And listen, Jake, everyone's got love for Jake. Jake can come on and say whatever he wants. But he's still a legend that we all grew up on, you know? So uh, I think the way they should use Archer now is almost like how they did in ECW with Sid. Uh, in late 99, they brought Sid in. And what they would do is they just have a bunch of – dumb shit going on like there'd be some guys like danny doring and road killer or whatever and axel rotten would be in a match and it'd be the shits right but then out in the middle of it uh the manager jeff jones would be like you guys blah blah you're all bullshit i sentence you to death and then sid's music comes out and he comes out and he just power bombs the shit out of all of them he's in the ring for three or four minutes kills everybody and then leaves and the crowd's just drooling and losing their shit this is Sid they got. Sid. Sid fucking Udy they got over with the Philadelphia goddamn ECW crowd. The same guy who a year after that was in WCW shitting all over himself doing promos where he said that, you know, Scott Hall, or that he has half the brains of Kevin Nash. Like, it's one of the worst periods of ever. It wasn't like the guy went through a, a, a brilliant creative renaissance. It was they figured out the simple way to use him. And if you do it with Lance Archer, who's actually good, who's actually awesome, who's actually someone people get behind, who actually won't no-show to go play fucking softball, who actually won't rip his fucking leg out from jumping off the, 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 the bottom rope, uh, wow, I think that's the path to go. And you need a monster baby face like that. Get him away from all the other heels. Give them a chance. Nice. I, I think that's the way they are going. going into it willfully ignorant just because I want to be surprised because I'm I'm really I'm high on Al Archer and I think it's going to be a great anti-hero to root on too as well. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, just Pa coming into that whole situation. Oh yeah, and after we get the, that, the, that the, the hack, uh, promo, we get Alex Marvez with the uh, Natural Nightmares, and really it's just kind of a refresher thing interview about their feud with Butcher and the Blade, and just kind of how. You know, Allie broke up with QT, you know, maxed out all of his credit cards and, you know, starting a, a grudge between those two teams. So that'll be cool to see uh, as that progresses on. The Nightmare family recruiting up, powering up this week. They added uh, Billy Gunn, 
and Austin Gunn officially to the Nightmare family, as we'll see tonight in the main event. But also, one might got passed over, Lee Johnson recruited in the Nightmare family. We've seen Lee Johnson on Dark, one of the best in-ring competitors on Dark, someone that can go with anybody. Very cool to see Lee Johnson getting his chance now. Hopefully, next week's Dynamite, maybe we'll see him maybe on a Dynamite here soon. And also, they added... um, Yep. Not maybe officially, but Red Velvet is pretty much with the group now, too. So the Nightmare family growing very strong, especially with Cody back now a little bit more full-time and working with them a little more. Uh, they're gearing yeah, up any, to go against some to of these bigger heel Brandy, I'm happy with, so I was very happy to see Red Velvet get in the mix. Yeah, hopefully she doesn't fuck up Red Velvet. She's already comparing her to her action figure and making like Red Velvet's a sidekick and shit, but whatever, I don't you know what though? I gotta say it. I don't. I don't mean to object for God. What two beautiful women in the ring together? Oh my God! All right, listen. I'm there to see them athletically, but I gotta say, oh, absolutely. I, well, and, uh, in our fourth match so. of the night, we get to see both of them. We get Red Velvet with Brandy versus someone we haven't seen in a while, a little while at least. Uh, Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero. So it was nice to see both of them in action. Yeah, where's Nyla been? Well, you know what? She's got a title match yep. in three days, so they had Literally to get her on that. TV, I guess, at some point. They let Vicky cut a promo, though. Like, they, they at least did something. They also did a yep. little bit more with her and Kaylin King, or Kylan King. If you saw, like, she was fighting Sheeta, Kylan King was right there, and which car actually hit Kylan King at it. It sucker punched her, too, at a point, which is the second time she's done that in the crowd. So I like just little things like that. I... Sheena doesn't know how to, like, she's a good wrestler. Like, things with brawling or, like, the acting things that aren't talking about wrestling, like the acting aspect of it, she still has a lot to work on with that, like the sports entertainment part. And I know that I shouldn't be saying that because it's, like, I love her wrestling skill. But we are in America, and this is sports. you got to – there's a little bit. and She seems a little stiff with things like that. In the ring, she's great. But, like, it's just the, the acting kind of stuff, you know, like, the, the minutia, the non in ring stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't she's got to break the Japanese style essentially. I mean, that's just she's got to you know assimilate further over, and I think she'll get there more and more if she gets more comfortable and things like that. But yeah, no, I definitely see that as well too. She's not emoting, or you know, you can't just put it on pause and know what she's feeling. She's yeah, she acts kind of almost more timid than she should being the women's champion. What's her character after all this point? She's a badass Joshi. That's okay. Yeah. Great. That's it, though. What else is that we need more to her now at this point? I need to know more of her personality. I get to need to get to know her better. I don't care. Do a vlog where you make rice like Kana. At least, like, WWE wasn't doing anything for Asuka, so she's like, okay, I'm going to well, do my own thing. I'm going to get you to like me. Like, that's, we need some personality. And that translates over to Asuka's character. Like, and I'm not just because they're both Asian women, but I think it is being a minority wrestler. It is a little bit harder to get over. And when you don't speak the English, the language as good as, you know, as you probably needed to sell matches. There's other things you can do to introduce your character, though. And we've seen Io Shirai. We've seen uh, uh, um, Asuka. We've seen a lot of the other, you know, 
Japanese speaking Asian wrestlers come no, over agree. and be able to do that. She needs thought to do it was that. a good match, uh, kind of short, but again, in terms of squash matches, it was actually kind of a long squash match, so it was good though. I, I liked it, I thought it was good. But Nyla Rose, you know, of course, ends up dominating and ends up doing a knee, which is kind of a nod to uh, to Sheeta and kind of a, a foreshadowing of their match that they're going to have. So, uh, you know, Nyla's not going to pull out any stops to beat Sheeta. I put Punk around, and that's when the one time she there is some interest is Nyla Rose, and when she's going up against Nyla, survive this monster, this this mean. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then also too, uh, Vicky then at the end of the match cuts a promo. Uh, you know, she goes out of the ring and cuts a promo, and then ends up in a in kind of a fist fight with with uh, Kylan King and Sheeta. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Yep. I've, Good. Let's talk about the women needing more. There are more. I, if you watch Dark, you'll see there they are oh, working yeah. on some women right now. They're trying to build up some women, and we see it. Um. Also, just a real quick announcement. I don't know if they said much about it on Dark, but uh, the women NWA women's title will be defended at, at, on full gear, and it's going to be um, Serena Deeb versus time. Allison K. So I don't know. We're gonna finally have Allison K on uh, AEW TV, which is very good. It's obviously very solid. Gonna do nothing but help. That any of the NWA women will do nothing but help. Maybe we'll get Camila at some point. Um, but yeah, wow. Uh, don't give up on the women's division yet. There's that uh, that little chick, uh, the little Russian chick who they just debuted, mm-hmm. debuted like the last two weeks. Uh, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but she's goddamn awesome. Ty Conti is still there. Well, I don't know when we're going to see her again. Anna Jay, obviously, we've seen a little bit of her. Like, there, before we notice, Statlander will be back. Um, maybe even Riho Layla. will be back. Shayna, so, or Shana. Like, we're the, the, give it a little bit of time. I think we're getting here to where we're going to be seeing a little bit more focus. Yep, no, I agree. Not not this week or the pay-per-view or maybe even uh, the next couple also, weeks. Well, but eventually. Right now, you're not going to see more women until they get a second show. Until they get... Well, that's true. Well, I mean, we're seeing them on... Dark. Well, here's what I mean is more showing up on... Like, even if they're getting that segment, more getting at least being established on Dynamite. Like, if they got to put those matches on Dark, I don't care. I watch Dark every week, so it's fine with me. <laughs> I enjoy those matches on Dark. But yeah, you're right. But the second show, it's not going to happen although, for a while. However, although the second show might not happen for a while, next Tuesday on YouTube, uh, they're doing a special announcement. It's called AEW Games. And it is the, they they ran this like two or three times throughout the night. It is a the, the reveal event for the new AEW video game. But it says AEW Games as plural. So we might even be looking at multiple games. I'm not sure. But next Tuesday, 6 p.m. on YouTube, uh, tune in. And uh, in fact, probably I, I, this might even lead into dark i would assume if this goes on at six dark's on at seven on a tuesday uh it could be a really interesting tuesday for us here coming up yeah i you know i saw this i wanted to tell you tell you about it but i i wasn't really sure i didn't want to get your hopes up because i wasn't sure if it was 100 about the games the, the the video game like not because i didn't see i'm not talking about like on dark when they show, i didn't see it but like or i mean on dynamite like maybe like i just saw it on the internet uh, a few days ago 
And I was a little weary, like, is that the actual video game? Or is it something new, like Heels or some bullshit? Because I'm kind of worried with, like, the Brandy thing. Like, it was some dumb, like, you know, it has nothing to do with the video game. It was something stupid, like, uh, one of those side dumb the, things. From what but everybody's this is the video saying game? on YouTube, and I've watched probably about eight different channels of different people talking about it. Yeah, this is gearing up to be the game. I mean, the game's been in in the works for a while. I mean, the past year, they've had the, the motion capture and the... Uh, you know, all the facial uh, design and stuff like that. They've been working behind the scenes, just not talking about it and keeping it under wraps. So hopefully this will be, I mean, hopefully it's not something stupid, like role playing. You know, I mean, hopefully it's not something different, you know, if uh, board games or whatever, cause they do have, you know, they a lot of them play Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, but I'm hoping it's the video game and I think it will be, but you know, we'll see what happens. I could be proven wrong, but I, I everybody on the internet right now is, is, is pointing toward it being the video game reveal, or at least, you know, a taste of what they're working on. One thing I know is that it's ah, going to be an okay. Xbox exclusive. <laughs> it is not. I'm just kidding about that before anyone freaks out. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, good, good. Well, I hope it is the game. Obviously, people are very looking forward to this. Um, everyone's stuck at home, so might as well have a good wrestling video game here for a long, cold winter. Although it probably won't be out for till like summertime or the end of the year next year or something. But hey, we got something coming. Oh yeah, man! And within the I know first, you're really. I mean, excited. you know, just we're just out, we're just past the first year. So for a wrestling company, you know, not you know, just over a year in existence, already having a game that's already been in the works for a good six months now, it's pretty impressive. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it is what I'm expecting it to be. And if so, then I will. I'll talk about it next week. Uh, talk about it. Uh, you know, when we do our. Uh, uh, I don't know, show that maybe next week. I'm not going to be here, but the week after I'll, I'll bring up some stuff about it, or you can talk about it Nick, too. If I talk to you beforehand, we're working on, it's going to be released by either LJN or acclaim. Very excited about it. I hope yeah, LJN gets be, license. Yeah, for this I really have LJN and 2k or whoever does the WWE. Well, games they're saying it's be there. The, the, right now the speculation is that AEW is working with Ukes who were, was actually the game company that was uh, partnered up making the, some of the 2k games and stuff like that. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, Hey, but yeah, but they were the one with the, when they were still, it was when Ukes left, wasn't it? That yeah, things exactly. went to shit with the WWE games. So you say, yeah, so you okay. Right, right. Okay. And isn't Ukes, aren't they the evolution yeah. kind of evolved from THQ? Some of the guys from THQ went over to Ukes. I mean, Ukes was, Ukes was I think, a subdivision of, of THQ. So, yeah, when THQ went, just creating was going to go on so you know now the word is that they're working with aew and aew is going to be better off for it because they got 20 plus years of the wrestling game experience under their belt wow. yep yeah good no, all right no we problem. got about 15 minutes well, let's wrap this uh, bitch up Pagan omega again not much there except for a little cameo by don Callis, which was nice to see I like that a lot. And then next that was we cool. Get yeah. A, a, a Darby Allen promo video where Darby Allen essentially gets in a car that's dressed up like him and then runs one of his friends over who's dressed up like Cody. So uh, I don't know if I hate or love these Darby yeah, Allen like, things. They the just kind of like, are what they are. <laughs> it's cool. 
but I wish they like you'd have half you you do that, but then after then he'd be sitting there actually talking to the camera and addressing the camera because I don't really fucking know much about Darby Allen. I mean, yeah, and he's supposed to an extent he's supposed to be kind of mysterious, but I mean I've seen all this shit before on Jack Off, C, uh, Jack J, uh, Jack Off, uh, Jack Ass, uh, CKY movies, Steve O shit. The Project Badass. Just, I don't know. I don't know where he's going with this, but hopefully we get some more personable promos from him, where he's just talking and we get to hear more of him him speak instead of just doing skateboard tricks. Because I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's something different. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I don't always give a shit. This one was. I don't know. It's just they're cool. Like I like. I grew up on music videos in yep. the nineties. Like so, I like it from that aspect. Oh, but like oh, an yeah, Alice yeah, in Chains like, video uh, or something. Shit, like, what, Man in the Box or whatever. It's all black and white. Yeah, yeah, right. Where, like, G, you see Jesus at the end with his eyes sewn shut at but the still, end of the video. It's not as cool videos. Just saying. <laughs> you can check out our grunge podcast on uh, Tough Grunge God Cleveland. Damn <laughs> Just one more podcast I will have on the Tustin Cleveland site to completely dilute my brand so nobody knows what the hell my show's even about or what it's, the main show tough, even it's, is. It's a scene, you know, tough ring, tough scene. You know, it, it, it could be anything. It's everything. It's yeah. the whole scene, yes. Uh, then after we get the Dar- the, the Darby uh, promo <laughs> stuff, uh, we get our fifth and final match and main event of the night, which is Cody and the Gun Club versus John Silver, number 10, and Cole Cabana, a.k.a. the Dark Order. It this is. is a hell of a dark match. Uh, but no, it was, it was it was fun. It was good what it is, but it was kind of darkish to me having the Dark Order in it and the Gun Club in a main event. Uh Austin getting the pin in a main event. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the gun club. I don't do much for me, but I do respect Billy, you know, obviously. So, uh, and having Cody with him is cool. I mean, this was fun. Nothing really special, but, uh, but good. I'm glad it was something kind of anticlimactic because, like I said, it avoided, although we did have a brawl sort of at the end, it avoided that whole like WWE trope yeah. of like everything, the last minute, you know, like just doing a little bit differently, not having it ended on a big bang, but just a good it's, solid I, note. I, I, I agree. Um, and I like to see Silver. Silver was my favorite shining part of this entire match, of course. But, uh, you know, good back and forth between everybody. Um, you know, you even get, um, you know, just just great stuff I mean, great dark order stuff um you know the gun club you know t- take them for what you will you like them or hate them whatever they do a good match they do a, you know a serviceable match and it was it was pretty cool but yeah it's for me this didn't really like didn't impress me that much and i, I was I, I was expecting it to get cut short because they were really coming up against tv time on this and they did like picture and picture and stuff but i'm glad to see we had a definitive winner um but yeah i mean just another way to kind of showcase you know 10 and silver really i, I thought that's kind of really the aim of it maybe got maybe end in the show you know the gun club with cody and the nightmare family now but uh the match ends up you know uh austin yeah well, cole did carry a lot of the match like cole's entering wise Oh, yeah. I mean, Cole Caban is so solid in ring. I mean, he's a goofy, he's a comedy wrestler, but the guy is like just traditionally yep. trained European Straight wrestler. Straight up journeyman, I mean, I mean right on. Go wrong with that. Uh, and then uh, Austin ends up, you know, pulling out the win after he does uh, the quick draw. Uh, and like I said, still a good match, you know, and, and, you know, good match in spite of TV time and picture and pictures. So, 
Yep. So that's yeah. it. We are ready for so at the end. Then, at the end, the match, end you know, Dark Order ends up surrounding the ring, and uh, Silver and Cassidy end up facing off, and uh, Orange ends up uh, punching Silver, and then uh, it all gets kind of broken up. And then after this, um, which is why I'm saying I'm surprised that they didn't have to cut it short. They fit all this in here really well. After that happened with the whole Silver and Cassidy stuff, then uh, Cody cuts a promo on Darby Allen, and he pretty much says that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to win. Like, this is all I got. You know, I have this title and I'm not going to give it up. So, you know, he's like, you should be the face of AEW. I see in the future you becoming a superstar, but you know, your time is not right now. And I, and... yep. Right. I'm the one that I had signed you. I'm the one that brought you here. Would, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's real, really good stuff. I mean, Cody's always going to get you hand. I, uh, hyped up on the mic too. Yep. Um, the Cody Rhodes officially now he can go by Cody Rhodes. He uh, has the name back. They did lose um, the copyrights on Slambery and the Mash Beyond. That's they're not going to get those. So there's speculation that maybe there was a deal made between him and you know uh, Stanford. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it's looking like he's going to be able to use the Rhodes name. Uh, the question was there was a whole. Dustin and Brandy both went by it. They didn't go by Rhodes in the WWE. Brandy was Eden. Dustin was obviously Gold Dust. Um, so they were able to use the names. But since Cody actually went by Cody Rhodes in the WWE, that's why he couldn't specifically. Yeah, it's good to see that they're getting ownership of those licenses or at least being able to work out some type of exclusivity timeframes for these licenses and names and things like that. I mean, I don't think, I mean, honestly, it's like WWE does their own thing. AEW does their own thing. So I don't, I, I, at at this point, if you're just holding on to trademarks and licenses, you're just being petty as fuck. So. Oh yeah. Oh, because that's so above the WWE. So oh, hey, below that. There's going to be a four-part <laughs> Vince McMahon fluff piece on Netflix. Should be interesting. I heard there's that. There's also a Stone Cold one in production now, too. And let's not forget about, I don't right, know what yeah, ever happened to the Chris Hemsworth, Paul Hogan. In, in production hell, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I don't, listen, nothing, there's not going to yeah. be a good Vince McMahon documentary while Vince McMahon's still alive. We're not going to get anything decent, maybe, with any chance until he dies, because he's not going to allow anything that he doesn't want to be said to be said. Um so whatever, but it'll still be, I don't know. Is there a new season of Dark Side of the Ring? Like, I'd rather watch that. I think, <laughs> fuck that. Give me some Dark Side of the Ring. That's all I really want. That's the real Vince McMahon biography. If you really want to know the truth about Vince McMahon, yeah, what Dark Side of the Steph Ring? Yeah, McMahon is doing pressers for the fucking documentary, you know goddamn well it's going to be a fluff piece. Like, I can't wait for the documentary that comes out that they try to sue, you know, to get off, because that one's going to actually be truthful. But yeah, this is, but at the very least, for people who haven't, maybe, who aren't familiar with pro wrestling's history who aren't familiar with the 80s 90s attitude era and things like that this might be a good way to introduce some people to it and maybe garner some interest in it but again you know without the salacious shit in there it's, you know i mean when we have everything going on in the world that we have going on right now that doesn't you know most people unless it's salacious they're not going to give a shit yeah well our sister um you know sent us a text about an article about like Linda, you know, from old stuff back in there, she's like, can you believe this? Like, we had her tell, like, 
listen, you if she's very our sister is very liberal, you know, so she's not gonna be a big fan yep. of the McMahon's or, or or their bullshit. And they're like, you don't even know the half of it. There's like here, I gave her a list of like probably like twenty other things. Like, and then I'm I'm still thinking of things like awful things that they've done. Like they're just so bad. And uh. Yeah, we're not gonna. Um, <laughs> and it, I'm sorry to kind of get off the topic there, but it just made me laugh because I started like, well, yeah, there's the referee scandal, or then there was the drug scandal. Then I'm looking at like modern day things, like, oh yeah, you know, I forgot to tell my sister about uh, God, who's the female wrestler that killed herself because they raped her and fucking wouldn't tell her story. Uh, oh, the poor, she killed herself like two or three years ago. I forget her name. God damn it, uh, forgive me, but uh. Like, just all the awful things they've done to people. But I'll tell you what, Tony, and not to get political at all, but all I'm going to say is, you know, we're standing here on a Thursday. They're still counting up that, the votes, and there is a pretty decent chance that Andrew oh, Yang yeah. is going to have oh, a lot yeah, of power behind it. Especially when they, they did, uh, especially now with, you know, uh, independent contractors coming up, you know, in regards to Uber and things like that. There were some uh, ballots and ballot measures that were on there. But, yeah, if if, if a- a- Andrew Yang gets power, Vince's reign as king will, uh, will the crown will come crashing down, hopefully. And the, the throne will be shattered more than just symbolically. As an Uber driver that I do have, I probably work about, I have a full-time job, but in addition, I probably work about 25 to 30 hours a week uh, doing Uber uh, Uber Eats. And let me tell you, I my personal opinion on that is, just real quick, is that for us, I don't, I think we should be classified as independent contractors. I don't have any problem with that with the Uber driver. Wrestlers, it's way different. When you work for the WWE, it's way different. I can clock on and off with the Uber and work whenever I want. I can work with other companies if I want. I can have another job. I They don't control what city I live in, anything like that. With the WWE, it's 100% different. None of that shit can be said. So we got to do something about that. But uh, we get, we're at no, it. We're, we're coming not, up against it. Tony, I, you got I mean, any last thoughts here? Sorry. I just wait for Saturday and uh, to bring the people our review and thoughts on it. Unlike AEW, I am not good at pacing stuff. Uh, <laughs> I should have brought us to this ending a little more subtly, but thank you, Tony, for uh, doing the meet and getting us there the way we needed to. Um, so let's do a little programming oh, yeah, no, notes. I, I, agree. Like I think I said, we both thought this was a really good show, right? Last week switched with this week, but still, both shows were great. I have no issue. So we're going to be with you guys Saturday night. I think yep. I'm coming over. We're going to watch. Uh, the pay-per-view and we'll do the podcast right after the pay-per-view so we'll well i'll have it up saturday night it'll be late probably around midnight but it will be up saturday night um and then the next week the next yep. dynamite yep. is just going to be me again right yep. or maybe i'll be lazy and just take the week off um i don't know we're having we're, we got killed with the ratings in the election here we need to bounce back up so i guess i i'll stick in and keep keep the fire going but um by then the election will, you know, hopefully people will be able to think about other things and enjoy wrestling again. So I will be with you guys next Wednesday. We will talk to you Saturday night. Tony, for uh, speaking for Tony, I will say, uh, you guys, uh, listen, there's a lot of wrestling coming back right now. Enjoy it. Have fun. And stay in. Tell Frank Cleveland.
Oh, hey, everybody. Go ahead, Tony. You can do our, you know, remember, you know, we're all we're all humans here. We all want the same basic needs and functions. And at this point, wrestling is definitely one of them. So, you know, everybody just, you know, keep it classy. Uh, and uh, hey, you know, if you're going to have any type of fights, argue over AEW. Damn right. I, I I tried to change up my ending a little bit. I'm trying to come up with a catchphrase here, work their name in. It fell, it fell apart. Thank you.